Hey everyone, on today's episode of Strictly Hip Hop, got a first time guest, Bryce Moss is on the podcast, a good friend of mine. Um, we're here to review the J Electronica debut album, 10 years in the making, the moment is finally here, so I got a big guest to review it. Again, my guy Bryce Moss coming through, thank you, I appreciate you, and uh, stay tuned because I'm dropping a bracket very, very soon. Uh, the next of four brackets, so I dropped Drake already, that's one, and then this next one coming will be the second, and then, then I'll have two more coming within within the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for those, and also be sure to support and give my artist who makes the brackets for me, John Adams, a follow on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, it's J underscore N Adams one, give him a follow, I uh, appreciate all the work that he does. I'm making these incredible brackets, and uh, he does he does amazing work, man. He does amazing work. But without further ado, enough housekeeping. Let's get to today's episode. Hello and welcome to a special quarantined edition of the Strictly Hip Hop Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and I'm very, very excited for first-time guest, long time in the making, my guy, Bryce Moss. Bryce, how you doing? Hey, man, how's it going? I'm glad to finally be on the show. Yeah, man, like I said, it, it, this is this is long overdue. Um, I, since I, Kanye was still sane. Yeah, since Kanye was still sane, yeah. Um, last summer, last summer we we met at we met at a bar downtown Detroit, and uh, I, that was just one of the most like when I when I go out, I, I I'll have some music discussions because I'm just into music, but that was some of the most like uh, was some of the most like detailed and fun music discussion I've <laughs> I've had like actually going out in a bar in a public setting <laughs> was when we were talking about. We were talking about Gold Link. We were talking about everything, uh, and that was back in the summer of twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever I can find somebody that I can like talk to about music, I start to just geek out. Yeah. And so, <laughs> me too. So <laughs> it worked perfectly, and uh, this has been in the making ever since. But uh, we're here, and we're here to review a big album that released a J Electronica album. Um, it's funny when I was doing my. 2020 albums of what to expect I, I love to do that every yeah every end of the year because i love to i love to just look at i make a huge document like it, it's it's pages on pages and i basically just kind of follow each artist that that i that i follow and i kind of look at okay what do i how likely do i think it is that they're that they're dropping the album what are the signs like all of that stuff and this and Jay Luck just did not make the list because I'm like, all right, this guy is just this guy is just done with music. It's it... when he came out with the uh, post that I'm going to be dropping an album in 40 days. 
I think I'm surprised my eyes are still available to work because I had the biggest eye roll. Yeah. There was a 0% chance that this man who's been releasing an album since 2009, that's when Exhibit C dropped, was going to finally come out with an album in 2020. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like I was I was still I was like you. I was very skeptical that it was going to happen. <laughs> but but here we are, Jay Leck, a written testimony. So some of the background um there's features from Hove, a lot of features from Hove. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about that. Um, Dreams also on here twice, and there's mm-hmm. production from Swizz, Hip Boy, uh, Dream, Big Sean even has some production credits, which is interesting. Um, Jay Lack, obviously, No ID, Alchemist, and so there's a lot of star-studded uh, production. Surprisingly, uh, no Just Blaze, which we'll get to, I'm sure, at some point right. in the discussion. Um Metacritic has his average score of 82, which is very good, but that's only based on six publications and does not include critiques from uh, people like the Neo Drop and Joe Budden, among others who I know have been generally <laughs> underwhelmed by the project. I haven't, I haven't listened to what they say because I block myself off. But my my process is when I'm reviewing a project, I block off what other what what other people specifically say. But I but I, I I scour around to say okay I look at scores or or I look at um just do are people trashing the album just to get a kind of general consensus of where the rest of the world is before I before I tap in and I and I go back and I listen to everybody's reviews but anyway so average score of eighty two and it debuted at number ten on the charts with thirty one thousand first week sales so Bryce without getting into your overall thoughts and how you felt at the end, what was your initial expectations when you do realize, okay, this is a real thing, we're actually getting a J Electronica album? So it was kind of a hard thing for me to finally hit play because when I first finally, you know, I have a Feedly and it just shows me all the hip-hop news for the day and I, you know, check up on that. So when I see that the album finally dropped and it was there and I could listen to it, it's kind of hard because you build yourself up. You heard just a couple of singles, maybe what, four singles that were released prior to this album dropping in the past decade, you built yourself up so much and so much hype, you don't want to be disappointed. So this was like one of the harder albums for me to actually jump into. I was excited, but I was kind of nervous because if it's not Exhibit C, then what were the past uh, 10 years of waiting worth it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's kind of the thing that J-Lec, um it worked. It worked for him, but it's but it's also working against him in this sense because he he's built like this whole mythology around him, right? With his yeah, with his very uh, with his very just religious uh, re- religious lyrics, and he he's he's built himself up as as uh, as almost a myth as as a legend without releasing every anything, and that's kind of the. That that's kind of the gift and the curse, he, and he had the whole thing with the Rothschild, and so yeah. it's just like all these things factor in to make this kind of crazy story of um uh, uh that almost doesn't seem real. Like I got a friend recently who uh who I've become very close with, and he wasn't a year ago he wasn't really into hip hop at all. He had heard mm-hmm. a little bit of Kendrick, like some Kendrick. He didn't even like Kanye, and um. And so I, I started showing him, and now he's like really into into rap and loves rap. And so it, it just it just dawned on me as Jay Leck was getting close to releasing that he has no idea who this guy is, you know, because yeah. he's just getting into rap. 
and it's funny when i'm when i'm trying to break down the story he's like dude like this sounds like some like greek mythology shit like you're telling me some yeah. guy some guy uh signs to jay-z doesn't drop an album for 10 years has only has only a short body of discography before before he signs to jay-z let alone and then just builds this hype and dates this uh, Rothschild, which is just has all sorts of social implications yeah. and, and and breaks up weird. her marriage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not just like you know dates a you know super rich like foreign celebrity, but breaks up one of the stronger marriages in the banking community. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about bill- millions and millions and millions of dollars just out the window. Yeah, yeah, really. And uh, and then plus there's the rumor that he was like residing in Southfield, Michigan for like yeah. quite some time and like uh, of all places, you know, he's not even he's not even anything to do with Michigan. He's from New Orleans and he's just randomly chilling in this Southfield, which is just this, you know, just this random pick a pick a city in the in the whole right. country. So, yeah, though, it's, it's like he just threw a dart and was like, all right, this is where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like you. I had very high expectations for all of these reasons. And, you know, there's massive hype, and he obviously has talents. Exhibit C is is a phenomenal record. And, um, you know, I I did hear from the Joe Budden podcast before that um, Joe, Joe did hint at the idea of it being a collab album with Hove, that that's what he yeah. heard. He, he And he... And he did that on the podcast, like, I think right before the album dropped. And yeah. usually Joe Budden doesn't really say those kinds of things unless he knows it to be true. So I actually was expecting Hove on this project a lot. I didn't think it was going to be to this extent. But initially I was, I, I had just very high expectations because of his his obvious talent, the hype around him, the fact that you're also incorporating Jay-Z for what seems like multiple songs. And... That's kind of that's kind of where we where we were going into it. Um, what do you, what's the first track you want to highlight? Well, I was gonna say too, uh, just real quick. One thing about it that got me too. I'm a big proprietor of like looking at track lists before they drop and looking at features and kind of mm-hmm. wondering ooh where the big features are gonna be. So you knew that Jay Z was gonna be on it, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Jay Z was not listed in any of the track lists kind of got me excited too because you know you're almost like a hunt for hove yeah yeah exactly like i we knew the shiny suits theory beforehand because it was released in 2010 it was like the next single mm-hmm. and you knew jay-z was on it but the fact that his name wasn't listed had me wondering just how much of an effect jay-z had because you know jay-z wanted this album out he didn't just sign a guy just to sit around yeah yeah no he yeah. didn't and he just he he showed tremendous tremendous patience with jay like i don't think any any uh any, I don't think any label has ever shown more patience than, than Hove did in this in this situation. But you know, you're right, and that ten years is a long time. And you can look at all of the things that, um, like in in ten years, it's very it's very doable that Jay that there's a that the version we get doesn't have Jay Z. So there's a lot yeah. of caught a judgment. And I do like for the record, I'm with you. I like when, because uh, I'm like most people that stay up till midnight and uh, listen to the drops when they when they drop, or mm-hmm. very if not just the next morning I listen to them, and I I do enjoy the the first listen because and I enjoy when artists kind of make the first listen a little special by hiding the guest features and things of that nature. So I I did really I did really like that um, that he did that. 
Uh, yeah, kind of like Tyler the Creator did with uh, Igor. Yep, yep. And um, and one of my favorite experiences with that is Astro World too. When Trav, oh, yeah. you know, didn't have the uh, when he hid the Drake feature. Now I didn't academics it, but I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that video is ridiculous, man. I oh, didn't academics awesome. it, but uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a cool moment when you're just like, oh shit, okay, we got a record with Drake. But anyways. We're yeah. getting off topic here. Let's jump into and it. What's I was the... going to say, actually, that's probably a good lead-in, though, because yeah. after the first voice you hear is Louis Farrakhan, which yeah. is not surprising for JLX, the next voice on the album you hear is Jay-Z. And so I guess the first thing, the first song that really stood out is the first real song of the album, Ghost of Soldier Slim, because this is Jay Electronica's al- debut album, and the first voice you hear is Jay-Z. Yeah. Now, how do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? It, to- it shows me a lot. It shows me that Jay-Z was the one who truly pushed this album to be done. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, Jay, talk- Jay Electronica talks about throughout the course how the weight of the pen sometimes was too much for him. I think Jay-Z truly was like, listen, I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to drop this album at this time. And yeah. Jay-Z is in a position where after the, rock na- or after the NFL deal, Jay-Z doesn't have to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. He, re- you know... He had the great 444. He had the album with his wife. We could just be seeing Jay-Z kind of right off into the sunset now. Mm-hmm. So to see him come back and come back with this much fire on the first verse, to me was just, you know, the little kid in me just got real excited. Yeah, exactly. I love the energy of this record. I love that. Um, I, I love how Jay-Z came in. He absolutely demolished the beat. And um, I love, obviously, the the homage that, that Jay Lack is paying here and, and Jay Z to mm-hmm. uh to New Orleans rapper uh yeah. Soldier Slim. But I think I, I I think you're right. I, I'm also a little bit bothered by it and and it does show to me that Jay Z was the what was the driving force of this album rather than Jay Lack. And you can and you can make that reference from not only just your debut album starting with somebody else's voice, two other people's voices really, um, and then you can also look at it from the perspective of like Jaylak has lyrics in in here and and other songs where he mentions you know he mentions the idea of like why am I making music for you guys just to critique it like there's a struggle mm-hmm. in him that that shows that he clearly he clearly went through a, a a mental phase and I don't know how long how long that phase lasted but he went through a phase where he didn't want to put out music because you know he thought what's the point if I'm just gonna get critiqued and picked apart so. You're right. Jay Z was definitely a huge driving force, and I don't think that's a huge conclusion to jump to. No. And and I think that that's something that people like us can pick up in the in the nuances of the of the album. But I just love this record. I love the energy yeah. of it. I wish that uh, I would. Uh, it's rebellious and it's just high energy, and I wish that that kind of translated to uh, to more of the more of the records oh. on here. A hundred percent. This one, this record gets you so excited for what this album could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you talked about him dating a Rothschild when he has the line, I bet a Rothschild, oh I get a bang for a dollar. Just throw it all out there. He, yeah. These are two artists that are not afraid to bring up whatever happens, any rumors or anything. They'll address them right then and there. And when I heard that line, I think I had to almost stop the project because I was just like, you know, hand over mouth. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I felt like someone just got dunked on. Yeah, it was it it was I loved it. It was very clever. It was very um it was it, it just I like that I like that he uh 
that he has that, and that reminds me, you know, that paralleled me immediately to that future line about uh, Larson Pippen back in uh, yeah. back in uh, the future album. So like, I just, <laughs> I, I I love when people are just out there with it, you know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, no, I love Jay Z's, I love Jay Z's approach on here. And um, you know what I this made me think of? Record. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it made me think of so much, and kind of throughout the entire album with Jay Z's features. The original, the debut album for uh, Waycron, Waycron with uh, only built for Cuban Links, where you have Ghostface Killer pretty much on every other track. Yeah. This to me almost is like their version and their homage to that. Because even though you had heard Raekwon, you held Ghostface, all of them with Wu-Tang, you hadn't heard them individually yet. So for him to come through and say, this is my album, but I'm getting a huge assist by the guy you really know better. Mm-hmm. I think it shows a lot of confidence because you can't on your debut album you got to be confident to have arguably the best rapper period writing shotgun on almost every track I think eight out of the ten yeah eight out of the ten I I consider it really eight out of the nine because the right. intro is just kind of an intro um, but you're right I I think that I think that that does display um, that that does. I don't know if it displays confidence though. That's probably the part that I disagree with. Um, mm-hmm. just because I think that I think that that's more so that's more so like the um I don't know. I, I just you know what I think of? And I was saving this for the end, but um but yeah. because you brought this up, I knew this was gonna come up at some point in the podcast. <laughs> is um it's not fair, but it's a it's a line that sticks in my head when Kanye's on last call. And he's talking about college dropout and just all the struggles he went through to get this album out. And he's talking about how Dame says, oh, man, like if the album's whack, we can just throw Cam on every beat to save it. <laughs> you know, and and yeah. I and I immediately every time I think of that, even though I don't think Jay Lex rapping is bad on this album. I don't think anything of that. But that line is just so it translates to this so much, at least in my head, that I'm just sitting here like. I'm just sitting here thinking like, damn, like, is that really how it went? So I can't ever look at it as like a confidence perspective. I just look at it as they're just genuinely um, peers and they just wanted to make this music. And uh, Jay, like, like, you know, kind of really like like that and the confidence thing kind of makes me think that, okay, like Hove is here is more of like a um, maybe parental isn't the right word but uh but a but, guiding no, but, force yeah parental is probably the right word because you know in terms of like album construction and everything jay electronica is this is debut album he's a baby so you have the godfather writing with you on every step of the way but here's the one thing that makes me think that truly this is still jay electronica's album i know joe budden had the critique in his review that it's really a Jay-Z mixtape featuring Jay Electronica. Yeah. Jay Elect made Jay-Z turn Nation to Islam. So so much that I was about to be out on the corner of um, Livernoy and Davidson selling bean pies myself. So (laughs) as much as people want to talk about it, we've never once heard Jay-Z go this hard in the Nation of Islam Yeah, as we have on this album. Even his lyrics are definitely something that he picked up directly from JLX. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That that's a very good point. That feeling or that I guess influence is is mutual. Yeah. Um, let's jump to the next record, The Blinding. Yeah. Uh, this is one 
this is one that I think is one of the most sonically entertaining uh, production on the album. Uh, I love them trading bars. I, I like that a lot. I love when great MCs particularly do that. This is probably one of the only songs, in my opinion, you could say that Jay Lack outwrapped Hove, but I don't even know if I believe it because, man, those bars that Jay Z comes in with about his son and he is just so engaging and dynamic. Um, I, I I love the way that's always been my favorite part of the blinding. Every time I listen to it is when Jay Z just comes in. Don't talk to my son, sir. Like yeah, <laughs> I love I love the kind of energy and like the 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 confrontational nature uh, nature that Jay Z comes with on this record. It makes it engaging. It makes it dynamic. It makes it fun. Um, I love that. It, How did you feel about Travis's like very brief Astro World esque bridge breakdown in there? You know what? I really liked it, actually. And I know it's been kind of controversial for some people, but to me, it takes this album and grounds it in the time more than mm-hmm. anything else. Because, and one thing I know we'll get into a little bit later when I talk about Shiny Suit for a song that came out so much later, my question is, how does this album sound? Does it sound like it's been recorded in 2020 or 2019? Or does it sound like it was recorded in 2010 and then just set on a shelf? That mm-hmm. Travis Scott Astroworld sound grounds it into more modern it brings that sonically so much closer to what we actually are listening to and i mean switz beats and hit boy did an amazing job on the beat yeah yeah i I wanted to shout them out as well because they were they also have um they also have production credits um so yeah i i agree very much with what you're saying i think that's 100 percent right that it, it it does it does help translate it to today's standards so i'm good with it i know people that love trav might be a little bit disappointed but I, I just yeah. love it. I just love it from purely a a just a just a musical standpoint too. Like not even the even removing the context of the the great point that you brought up about grounding it in today's in today's mm-hmm. sound, but also just the idea of like that little brief bridge that's like a couple seconds is mm-hmm. doesn't sound like anything on the rest of the album. So it gives it more flavor. Yeah, and I and this, I like. I that. mean, I miss the fact. I do truly miss artists going bar for bar like we saw on this track here but it does sometimes when you hear that it can feel very old and very dated because that's mm-hmm. more of the style from like the 80s right so i think Trav- you don't want too much travis scott i don't i wasn't expecting to see a travis scott verse yeah no i wasn't either absolutely and i don't and i don't think that would have fit sonically with the album i think this little piece perfectly rides the beat and perfectly encapsulates everything that they're trying to get so I thought I it was good. It was yeah, one of I, my favorite t- tracks on the album for sure. I agree. Last question before we move on to your next yeah. record um, on this record. So considering all the talent, you got Swizz, Hit Boy, Trav, Jaylek, and Hove. That's, mm-hmm. five, that's five very star-studded names there <laughs> as far as hip-hop goes. Considering all of that, would you say that the song is underwhelming? Does it live up to that? Like, Cause that's that's a that's I mean as star studded a, a a track as I've seen in years. Yeah, I think that I mean to me this album is not built for singles obviously because right. this is more of a full album listen. But I think if there ever was going to be a single, this was it. Yeah, and that's why to me it lives up to the hype. You can play it today. It can actually survive on mainstream radio, mm-hmm. and it actually sounds just 
it really truly brings in. If someone told me Swiss Beats, Hit Boy, Travis Scott, Jay Z, and Jay Electronica were going to make a song together, this is what I'd expect to hear. This is what I'd hope to hear. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just I just want to throw that question out there yeah. because it's a because it's a it's a assembled it's an ensemble that I don't think we've. <laughs> That I don't think we've seen quite often, as far no. as that level of talent goes. But uh, what's a record that you want to jump into? So I can, I guess we're just going right down the track list here. The next one for me, after Neverending Story, is Shiny Suit Theory, okay. and this one was such a big track for me because I wonder why it was put on the album. Because we heard it. This song came out in 2010. It's 2020, so this song has been hanging around for a solid 10 years. They didn't really change anything on it. There are a few minor tweaks, I think, but for the most part, it's the same song that we heard before. And it makes me wonder kind of what the thought process was of including it. Were they just kind of running out of tracks and needed something? I still like the song. I still like the beat a lot, but there's still certain things about the song that are kind of great and kind of talk about, to me, feel like a change in the album. Because you have so much high energy coming off of the blinding Ghost of Soldier Slim, never-ending story. You mm-hmm. feel like, okay, this is going to be great. And this is the moment where the album, for me, kind of starts to shift a little bit. Hmm. And so I don't know. What is your thought about this? Because, like I said, the song's been out forever. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I had forgotten about this song. Like, in, in just in, in total truth and honesty. So, like, mm-hmm. it was almost, it, it was refreshing when I heard it because it was it was almost like it was almost like I I didn't realize until after I listened to it that that was the song that I had heard before um mm-hmm. and so so to me it was it was almost a, a new song and I understand that like the difference of of knowing that that song's been out there can change the perspective of it but I like it I like the beat a lot is probably one of my favorites uh the hook is simple but it's good there's substance to it it's again referencing Jalex's concern with his perception by the media and hip hop. I I like the um I know people have complained about it, but I like the hoes like scratchy like clippy vocals that he has when he mm-hmm. comes in. I think that's intentional. I think it's just I think it's just another style from Hove that feels fresh. Like Hove doesn't really rap like with with his vocals are always crisp and clean usually. Yeah. So like for him to do something like that again, it's just um. And it's it, something that I take away that I appreciate. But I, I it think it's the good. Lore. I mean, that yeah. Jay-Z verse fits the lore because this is the song that Jay-Z used to sign uh, Jay Electronica to Rock Nation. Because for anyone who doesn't know, Jay Alec was considering signing with Puff Daddy, which is why it's mm-hmm. the shiny suit theory, because it's basically his uh, message he got from Puff Daddy, or mm-hmm. Diddy, our brother love, yeah. our sugar, <laughs> or Sean Puppy Combs. But... He was really considering siding with him, and Jay-Z decided that he wanted him on The Rock, so he emailed him that guest verse, like, after hearing the song a day before, to convince Jay Electronica to sign. So, it's a huge record in terms of, like, what it means, mm-hmm. and it's the first Jay-Z feature for a JLX song, which is awesome, but it does. It sound, I mean, I was, my question to you kind of about the song was sonically, or bar-wise, both sonically and bar-wise, does the song hold up a decade later? Knowing that it came out in 2010, does it still sound like something you'd hear today? Um, it does. It, it does only in the context of this album. Like I can't, I I can't 
say that that song would fit on anybody else's project. Like it really, because this whole Jay Leck thing doesn't necessarily sound like the times. Like we talked right. about, we talked about earlier with the blinding. Like the blinding was something that, like updated, updated the sound of the album almost. So mm-hmm. to me, um, and I just love that old school like cartoonish almost instrumental that it that it has. Oh. So I think I, I I like it, and I think it makes sense on this album, and it mm. and it works for me. Um, but I understand that I understand that it doesn't necessarily work for anybody. But I I think this is one of the um, one of the better records. There's moments that I don't like on this album, but this isn't one of them. I think it's I think it's good. I like the hook that um, is very is very simple. Mm-hmm. I like Jay Z on here. I like I like Jay Lek. Like I I have really no no necessarily problems with this record. Now is this my favorite record on here? No, but it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a good record and it's a solid record. It's one that I don't know how often I'm going to return to after after the review is done and right. and I don't have to listen to this Jay Lek <laughs> album. But but it's but it's not a bad record. It's not a record that I that I dread. You know, it's just one of those. We're we're in the streaming era, dude. There's millions and millions of songs, right. so there's always there's always gonna be a bunch of it's okay, you know. I liked it, and I think you know, I, and part of it for me, like I said, because I played it so much when it came out, because I that's when I was still in a fever pitch waiting for the album. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the reason why it kind of burns out a little bit for me because it sounds like the version I heard before that was kind of unfinished. A little bit untouched, not mastered, which I do think for Jay Z's verse, the story behind it, it makes sense. But it would have, to me, it would have been nice to hear this song just a little bit more updated. But mm-hmm. I do love. I'm like you. I love the beat. It is cartoony. In fact, I think the um, actual beat for this song was used in an episode of The Boondocks. So, hmm. you know, makes That's sense. That's something that it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean, overall, sonically, it's a great song. I think. But I think it's a great song in 2010. I don't know if it's a great song in 2020. But I do think the bars hold up. And a lot of the stuff he talks about, just like the advice he gets from Puff, don't let, you know, don't let expectations weigh you down. A lot of advice he got that he clearly did not take. Yeah. Because here <laughs> we are 10 years later. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so... I know that um, the next record, if we if we're going in total transparent order, would be would be another one of your records. But let me just for for sake yeah. of balance jump to mine, which is right oh, after, yeah. and that's fruit fruits of the spirit. And this mm. to me is important, and it's important because it is JLX's only record on here that doesn't feature Hove, and it's yeah. only a minute and thirty five runtime, and you know JLX's rapping and wordplay is magnificent on this record. Um, I, I can just say though, that excluding the intro, um, and and the intro, I don't count as, I I count as a tone setter. So I don't really, I count it in a, in a whole different context, but considering Mm -hmm. this is the only record, the only considerable song without Hove on it, um, it is, I can say probably the most boring record (laughs) on here. And that to me is very very telling and that mm-hmm. to me goes back to our discussion that we had earlier about about the idea of like the confidence of hat is it confidence is it is it confidence in yourself or lack of confidence in yourself that jay-z is here guiding this album so mm-hmm. um and this to me 
kind of works against the idea of Jay-Z having uh, or being confident that like, yeah, like I'm I'm with Jay-Z and I'm going to outwrap him. I don't know if uh, I don't I don't I don't think truly that Jay Lack feels like he outwrapped Hove on this. And I know Hove feels like he out outwrapped <laughs> Jay Lack because that's just Hove's mentality. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the fact that we got a uh, Hove rapping like this at however old he is now, 40 something, 50 something is just yeah. phenomenal. Absolutely. But man, I, I, I don't think this is a bad song again, but it's just like it's just when it gets to it, it's just like, OK, this is if it was more than a longer 35, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have liked it. But um, but it, it's just it's just kind of born and dull to me. I think the I think the rapping as well. Uh, I love the verses that he or I love the I love just the way he can kind of like drift between languages like he opens yeah. with the thanos line and then he goes into another language then he weaves it back to it's all it's all love all wimbledon with the pen like he he just brings it back and forth so like the rapping on here is good and mm-hmm. it just to me and i hate to do this because no because i love no id but the it, it's got to be if if the if the rapping isn't isn't bad then what is it about this record that's holding back for me? And it's got to be the production. It's yeah. got to, like, if you were to tell me to hum the beat to Fruits of Spirit right now, and I yeah. listened to that record three times yesterday, I can't hum the, <laughs> I can't no. hum the beat. And I think part of it, because the, no ID on this track, and I'm assuming this is what they were going for, because I wasn't mm-hmm. in the studio, is they wanted a track that showed kind of what we expect from Jay Elect- a rapper like Jay Electronica. He's the type of rapper that doesn't like hooks, doesn't like actual song formation. He just wants to come with straight bars. He wants to come, drop a line, transition to Spanish, transition back to, you know, English, and just drop straight bars. And Mm -hmm. so this is his kind of lyrical showcase. I think that is the true Jay-Z effect, because I honestly believe that if Jay Electronica had his way and he dropped his actual debut album with one or no Jay-Z features, we would get a lot more songs like this. Just bars, 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 mm-hmm. maybe a break, bars, 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 which is great for a cypher, great for a freestyle, but does not make a great song. And I think No ID may have tried to play off of that a little too much in trying to like, okay, let's showcase how good technically of a rapper he is. We yeah. all know Jay Electronic is a good rapper. That's kind mm-hmm. of the draw that we've had for him. We've seen Exhibit C where they could, he was able to not even really record a chorus but let the beat break down at the right places and let that serve as his chorus yeah absolutely no idea did not do that on this track yeah absolutely and i think it i think it just goes back to again the production is just it's it it's dry on this record you know it's not really it's not really present and um i understand that i i, I understand and i think that jay leck is not necessarily going Jay Leck is kind of wanting to spotlight on his vocals because he is, like you said, all about the bars and what he's saying, and he's clearly very passionate about what he's saying. So I think he 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 kind of wants the minimalist production, but it just it doesn't it falls it falls flat. I'm sorry, it it does to yeah. me, and and this record's an example of that. But what's the record you want to jump into? The last uh- record. I was going to say uh, real quick, too, before we get off of this record, shout out Vince Staples and shout out uh, references to Flint still in 2020. Oh, yep. Yep. Shout out. Shout out both of those things. <laughs> both of those things. But, um, yeah, talking about interesting production, the last one I wanted to get into was Flux Capacitor because oh, yeah. 
this is going to be the song that's probably the most talked about, again, more so for Jay-Z, because Mm Jay-Z brings up the NFL deal. But to me, I have to wonder, and I know this is one that Jay Electronica produced, what is... What specifically are we supposed to take away from this? Because the production is all over the place. The rapping patterns are all over the place. We got Jay-Z and Jay Electronica both rapping off beat, almost Blueface-esque. Yeah. (laughs) And dropping a lot of great bars, but also just the song sonically just fits together so weird. I don't know. When you first heard this, what was your takeaway on it? Um. I loved it because of uh, because of just Hove, like you said. Like he just stole the show on this record. Like there's no doubt between the the Rock Nation brunch bars, the NFL bars, um, the bars about his eventual passing, uh, the little Kanye line in mm-hmm. there, and then the the OJ bars at the end when you gonna turn me back to the OJ. Like yeah, I, I oh. just I, I loved his I loved his rapping so much and the beat again. When when you listen to it, like that's coming right after. Um, that's coming uh, right before Fruits of Spirit, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. And so, but it's after, um, it's after, what is it after? Universal, Universal Sh- Soldier. Yeah, which is, which is more calm. So I love like the idea of like bringing back the energy. Like I said, um, some of the, the records like Flux Capacitor and, uh, and um, Ghost of Soldier Slim, like that high energy, mm-hmm. I understand that that can't be the whole album, but boy, do I love those moments when, I can actually remember the production, you know, yeah. and, and, and you definitely will not forget out. this one. Yeah, you definitely won't forget this song. I mean, like you, like we're talking, the Jay Z bars alone are enough to make you just hold on. The outro, which is just the um, uh, re flip of Rihanna's higher, to me is also just so like it's so such a sonic boom, but it just fits into that because I loved Rihanna's anti album, and just to hear that flip like that. That's a version of that song I've never heard, and it fits just kind of what their go their outro. Also, the whole idea about this, everything about the bars going back, and the song being called "Flux Capacitor," reference to Back in the Future. Mm-hmm. It just it you know it tells you that they really spent a lot of time crafting intricately the tone, the bars, the narrative, and everything on yeah. this album. And so you got to give them, if nothing else. You got to give Jay and Jay credit for truly putting together a work that you could almost teach a whole theology class on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I do love the the thing I love about the hook too is the um, it's not only is this by far my favorite drums on the album, but mm-hmm. um, but I love the I I love how Jay on the on the hook is you know just kind of shouting out uh, BK, shouting out um, get the gad. Obviously that that yeah. sample um the magnolia posse like third ward like he he just shouts everybody out on the Mm -hmm. on the course and it's very it's very dope so i really enjoy this record um i i love the energy i love that i I love that jay-z and jaylek are really just kind of working working together and i think this Mm -hmm. is some of the best um i know a lot of people will point to uh the blinding where they're trading bars but this to me is one of the best records when it shows their um what at at least from displaying their chemistry yeah and then another thing too just thinking about that going to that frame of going back when's the last time we've seen jay-z really shout out like bk and hometown stuff his more recent things he's you know he's brought it up 
but he hasn't given that full shout out. So that's one thing that kind of mm-hmm. you brought back to my mind too when you said it on that chorus. He really is turning back into the old hove on this album or on this uh, record here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could say you know Marcy Me with Marcy Projects on four four four, but yeah, you're right. Like as far as as far as like him saying like Brooklyn, like he didn't say that once on four four four. I don't I don't believe no. Um, so you know you're right. Absolutely, it's uh it was cool to get like this was like because. Because four 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 was very personal, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. This was like, this was like rap, Jay Z. This was like invigorated, Jay Z. And that's what I loved uh, so much about about him being on this album and yeah. and how he approached it. Like this was him, like re-energized, refocused, and almost like tapping his inner, his um. His younger, his younger energy, but coming forth with the with the wisdom and the and the knowledge and the mm-hmm. um and the perspective of being of being it's, an OG. It's some of the best Jay Z we we've heard because we get the mix of both. We get old school like rhyme style and bars with mm-hmm. new school mentality, and I think part of it too, if the last Jay Z ish album was really his Everything Is Love with Beyonce, which a lot of people thought was really a Beyonce album featuring mm-hmm. Jay Z. Right. He definitely made this album his own. Yeah. He definitely took a Jay Electronica album, made it Jay Electronic or Jay Z featuring Jay Electronica. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's jump to the outro here. Yeah. Um which is which is uh it, it's an acronym for all praise due to Allah. Mm-hmm. And it was um it was recorded the nights of uh the night of Kobe's uh tragic helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant, Gigi and the seven other victims. Um it samples uh a hymn instru- but the instrumental is damn near the exact same and you know I- i'm sure a lot of people coming into this review um expected me to talk about this record yep. just because of just because <laughs> of kobe bryant you know and and my appreciation and affinity for him but i i love it from i love it from more than that and i love specifically about this record is that it's not it's not sad you know, like mm-hmm. I just went through a whole year of of Nipsey and artists who I absolutely loved, you know, from Dave East to Game to all of these artists like paying homage and they were just sad, but beautiful tributes. But they were mm-hmm. but the, the beats were sad, like their voices were sad. You know, it was it was it was very just somber. But this right here is it. it the beat is just absolutely amazing to me. It's peaceful. It's soothing. It, it does really feel like a. It does really feel like like a like a transitional beat. Like if you're mm-hmm. you know for for the spiritual people, like it feels like it's it's almost like you're you're transitioning, and that's what I love about this. And I love that Jay Lack is just very very good on this song. Probably my favorite Jay Lack verse on the whole entire album, just because it's so it's so poetic, it's so prolific. But Hove really steals the show with that unbelievable heartfelt hook. That again. Uh, shows the balance that we just talked about with Jay Z. We got the energy of Flux Capacitor mm-hmm. and and Ghost of Soldier Slim, but then we have this that this hook on All Praise Due to Allah, which is a which is for very four 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 esque, where Jay Z's yeah. voice is soft and it's and it's almost a little quiet and, and it's and it's vulnerable. I think to me, this is the song that really encapsulated what. A lot of people were hoping that this album, outside of like Ghost of Soldier Slim, this album mm-hmm. really could be Jay Z yeah. coming in on the chorus, doing a great chorus, and Jay Electronica killing the verse. 
Jay Electronica's verse, like you said, is just phenomenal. And Jay-Z's chorus, you mean anybody who's lost somebody, you have can relate to I have, you know, numbers in my phone that won't ring, messages that won't, you know, never Same, ring yeah. again. Yeah. Those that's you know, it's it really speaks to you, but like you said, it's not sad. It's almost like I think a lot of people when you talk about the artists, they're doing memorial songs. So, you know, you see mm-hmm. Meek Mill at, you know, award shows doing something for Nipsey Hussle, it feels like, okay, this is us at his memorial. Yeah. This song sounds a lot more like a, almost like spreading the ashes somewhere. This is like, okay, yeah. we've all gone through the initial shock. We've all gone through the sadness. Now it's time for peace. This is us yeah. kind of ha- leaving memory for someone that we lost. So like you said, it's not a sad song. I think it ends the album so well mm-hmm. if we're going to get another album. And I think, that, I mean, not trying to cut this part short because I think that's going to lead into the next segment, but the way the album just kind of, you have so many albums that kind of end on such a high note or such a drastic note, this album just kind of fades out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, that, I, I think that that does transition beautifully to where we're going next, but um, I just quickly want to yeah. want to say about about this record. Just again, how much I appreciate it. How much I think that it's that it's just it's very well crafted, and it does to me. This record probably of all the records, uh, really really emphasizes the the theme of this album, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is Islam, which is you know uh, which is that all of that, and so. I think that I think that it does a beautiful, beautiful job of hammering uh, of hammering that point home and and just absolutely nailing th- that theme. So I really love that 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 record exists and it's much like you said it's much needed and mm-hmm. um and I think that I think that he would have had to had had this record not been on the album we would have had to look at songs like Fruit Fruits of the Spirit where Jay Lack is just rapping a bunch of religious metaphors. Th- to kind of to kind of nail home the theme and well and while that does very clearly depict the theme it doesn't do it to the level it doesn't transcend to the level of all praise due to Allah which is very which creates like a, a real connection as somebody as somebody who's not before this album like I'm not well I'm not very well versed in Islam myself so mm-hmm. you know so but this is a record this is a record that I can connect to where fruits of the spirit is a little bit harder because that has a lot of religious inner islam knowledge that you need to navigate through to get to understand it fully and appreciate it and uh, this is something that i can that i can take out of context because we've all like you said we've all we've all had that feeling of you know there's phone numbers that i can't call or text again there's right you know there's people that i can't reach to so i just want to point out that i think that that's another uh another absolutely uh important part of it is that not only does this end the record, but it ends it the perfect way, and it encapsulizes the theme probably better than any other record on this you don't, album. Yeah, you don't need to believe in Islam or be Nation of Islam or have any real religious background to appreciate this record. It's mm-hmm. A lot of times when people talk about religion, it's meant to create peace. That's the mm-hmm. idea. It's meant to create inner peace for you, and that's what this song tries to do. It tries to give you... it put. It, and like you said, the fact that this song was recorded this night of the Kobe passing and they were able to truly get that feeling of peace when everyone else was still in so many forms of shock just talks about the true craftsmanship of both Jay-Z and Jay Electronica. And 
you know, like I said, that last line, I got, you know, this back to the chorus. I got string screenshots. I don't want this thing to. Yeah. And that's how it cuts off. We don't even get in. They just that's it just fades into that. We don't want this thing to. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely beautiful. And like you said, you know, just to have that have that perspective some when that situation is that fresh is unbelievable like even beyond a music standpoint just mm-hmm. like a like an absolute uh that's an absolute like respect respect tip my cap to to that moment to be able to have that kind of wherewithal in that moment because lord knows that i wasn't i wasn't in that same headspace when when oh, no. uh, that night so um anyways i think it was a great way to transition to the to the album and just the overall thoughts of it mm-hmm. i feel if I were to if I were to give it a number, I would give it a seven out of ten. It's very mm-hmm. solid lyrically. There's a lot of substance, more than most people think. I think um, I have heard that some of the knock is that um, is that he's not is that Jaylock isn't personal on this record, and I think I think he's more pers- I think he's not the most personal, but I think he's more personal than people tend to think. Uh, but I, I do believe that the production is minimalistic, dry, and dull most of the time, which is intentional so that the listeners focus on his message, like I said. But sonically, it's just kind of forgettable and boring. Mm-hmm. And we danced around this, but uh, but I'm just going to say this. Uh, Jay Leck was definitely outshined on this record, absolutely overall. I admire Jay Leck's passion for his message and, I, and, and all of that, but even those even just those one or two lines after 10 years there's just a lot more to expose like he yeah. he has the one he has the one or two lines about his mom passing on the on the outro and then he has the line about just like dealing with the uh with the again the um the lack of confidence in himself and the uh and and just the the mind state to not want to put out music just because of the because of the outside perception and how that weighs on him so i feel like I feel like we honestly got more out of Hove than we did Jay Leck this album. Mm-hmm. So I, and, I think that that's a fair that's a fair knock. And so here's my question to you before I give you my rating: Would your rating be the same for this album? Is if instead of being sold Jay Electronica's debut album, you were sold a Watch the Throne esque joint mm-hmm. collaboration album between Jay Z and Jay Electronica, and that's what you went in there expecting? No, and that's exactly the next point that I was going to get to is the idea of is it fair to critique Jay Alec this way? And I say I say yes because um clearly of Ho's level of involvement and the fact that this album is being marketed as a Jay Alec album. So yeah, mm-hmm. if this album was marketed as a collaboration, it would be it would be different. It would be a different consumption, but and art is art, but if you present it one way, then it's fair for me to critique it in that same light. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, like, um, like, like Igor, that there's a reason I never, um, the thing about Igor is like, or, or actually, no, let's take it to Jesus is King. So yeah. Jesus is King, for example, you know, like he's calling it, he's like, he's like, don't judge it like a rap album, judge it like a gospel album. Like, well, Apple and all the streaming services have it labeled you have marketed this as a hip hop album. You might have not yourself marketed as it, but you are officially labeling it and classifying it as hip hop. Mm-hmm. So it's fair for me to critique it in that context. Why? Because that's the way you chose to present it. So I think that. So I think that that's fair with this. Jay Alec presented this as his debut album, 
and Jay Z is not is not listed as far as like as far as like the actual track listing goes. Now maybe that will change because usually after like a week or two, the artists kind of update it, mm-hmm. and especially the artists that like surprise features and all that. Yeah. Um. So maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. But the idea is that this has been this has been marketed as JLX debut album and i think for and i think that it's fair to critique him in that light because you know songs like flux capacitor um the outro ghost of soldier slim all feel like hove led the direction of the song Mm -hmm. and not to mention the other songs that he just kind of straight up stole the spotlight from jlx so it's just it's just that that's the that's the true takeaway i don't think anybody's arguing the fact that jay-z outperformed or at least from a spotlight perspective had more of the spotlight on this album than Jay Alec. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have done a uh I think it it would have done a good service to Jay Alec for him to say, look, this is the situation of this album. This is like this is this is just an album. Don't think of this as my debut. Yeah. And like, I think but, that's kind of what gets into my rating. I was I'm going back and forth between because I kind of agree with you. Seven to me, seven and a half. I was really going to bump it up to eight, but like you said, a lot of it for me. If I would have just gone into this thinking, okay, this is Watch the Throne, this is you know uh, J- a Drake and Lil Wayne collaboration album. You don't expect a lot. This is Huncho Jack Jack Huncho. Whatever you make, whatever collaboration album you want it to be, I wouldn't have as much concern about it. I think that that would make it a very solid, good album. Mm-hmm. I think some of the issues, like we talked about before, it is technically a ten track album. It's really not. It's like nine, really eight and a half. Yeah. So, at that point, we're talking about some Kanye Good Friday release album almost, and we've yeah. seen, you know, we've seen the greatness of that in Daytona, where, oh man, everything just hits. It fits perfectly. And then we've seen the other sides of that. Yay, where it's just like, man, that album just wasn't necessary. Yeah. This one is so short. It's sonically all over the place. It kind of reminds me, in a sense, of something we saw from another artist, and I know it's not in the same type of hip-hop, but when Megan Thee Stallion had to release what was going to be her debut album, Sugar, but ended mm-hmm. up having to release it as an EP that Cross kind of like didn't fit cohesively as well because she had to release it due to label issues. It almost feels like they're just trying to sonically put out, okay, this is what we have. Yeah, it doesn't fit as cohesively. So some songs roll, try to roll in together, and it's almost like they just took a clip of the old beat, played in the beginning, and then switched it. It sonically doesn't fit together as well as I would have hoped. It gives us a lot of different sides of J Electronica, but because it's not a true debut album, it doesn't give us, like you said, that introspection. I would assume, mm-hmm. and. This is like, we again, kind of looking forward to things for the future, but I would assume if this is the start to him actually releasing albums, that his next album would be just him and would be the true traditional debut that we would be looking for. Yeah. That being said, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, I, I was just going to say that I agree, so you can keep going with your point. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to derail you there. Oh, yeah. That being said, though, this album which is supposed to be a triumphant return, like this is the guy we've been waiting for, because it's so Jay-Z heavy, which is not a bad thing, so to speak, but it does not give me a lot of confidence that we are going to truly ever get a Jay Electronica debut album. This, to me, may fit in the lore of like 
detox, where we never really got detox from um, Dr. Dre. We got mm-hmm. the Compton, uh, a tribute to the motion picture in the town, but that wasn't detox like we were expecting. Right. This isn't going to be, this isn't act two, what we were expecting. This is his collab album with Jay-Z. I'm still not confident we're ever going to necessarily get that debut album because Jay-Z had to be so involved and essentially push him and say, what are you afraid of for 10 years to get this? Yeah. And he did all the heavy lift. Jay-Z did all the heavy lifting. So you're going to tell me that we can get a Fruits of Spirit, which is a one minute, 35 second track with a chorus, with actual production that fits into a thematic theme over across an entire album. I just don't see it yet. Yeah. I think that's very fair and I think uh, I think it's a perfect time to transition to our mm-hmm. to our, you know, kind of what's next phase of this of this podcast here. And it's the the question is uh the first question I have is do we consider this album a success? Uh the album received mixed reviews like I said um and didn't sell well. Um it it, it definitely didn't for somebody of JLX Mystique um, I get, I get that he's been gone, so like people can kind of like move on and stuff. But this was big in hip hop, and I felt like even hip hop itself, like even the culture, like moved past this album very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that I think that this album um, is something that really kind of I get that I get that again that J Lack isn't as popular as as Kendrick as as Cole as Drake as Chance and all of them, but like he was thrown for years by hip-hop culture in that conversation like he was and it was always it was always the kind of thing like well this guy like if he ever released music he could be on this level Mm -hmm. you know and so you would think that 10 years all the way all the mythology around him i just would have expected um more eyes on this album than what we actually would actually got so that i so that kind of makes me wonder is this album really a success, given all of the all of the knocks that we have against it? Mm-hmm. And I think that, in some regards, even Kendrick Lamar, even J. Cole, they needed a couple of albums to build themselves up to the standard. You know, as everyone remembers, mm-hmm. Good Kid, Max City. People forget that Kendrick had been releasing Section Eighty and a lot of other critically acclaimed projects. Yep before he was able to take those like top spots, top five in the billboard. You mm-hmm. need to have a couple of at least, you need to have some mixtapes, some body of work to build yourself up. Realistically, this would be the first step for Jay Electronica if we believe that he was going to release another album. That's why yeah. I think in that regards, yes, it's a success. But this album, to me, should have dropped no later than 2013. Because people forget a lot of, you know, when Kendrick Lamar kind of changed the hip hop landscape with Control, which dropped in 2013, people forget Jay Electronica was on that same track. Yeah. Can you remember any real Jay Electronica lines from that, which was considered one of the bit, you know, the most groundbreaking songs at the time? I remember some Big Sean stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't remember Jay Electronica even being on that track. I have to remind myself of that. Yeah, he is almost. Um, I will. Well, I will say that I do. Uh, I do remember parts of Jaylex verse mm-hmm. just because I. I do genuinely enjoy it. But you're right as far as like just a, from a pure general spotlight perspective. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. it's very. Um, 
it, it's a situation where he jumped on with the be- with one of the best MCs, and one of the best MCs totally, absolutely outshined him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Jalex spoken on that. He said like, "Oh, I feel like I had the best verse," and um, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> but I mean, technically, um, in terms of his technicality, he had a very good verse. Like, like when you go yeah. back and listen to it, yeah, he has a very good verse. Is it the best on that? No, because a good verse is something is memorable. Yeah. First and foremost, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. So I think that um, I think that overall that I can, I I guess we can call it a success because I'm an optimistic person and I look at like okay, like J J Luck is back in music, maybe hopefully, because um, I because again the talent is there, everything is there for 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 J Luck to to succeed mm-hmm. i think i think it's really just a uh, a mental thing yeah when it comes to when it comes to him like i i think that those lines every time i listen stick out to me about about the idea of of the perception of how he's looked at mm-hmm. in hip-hop so i think that that stuff is uh important to him and and that's what scares me the most though because of the reviews of this album you have yeah. joe button you know him and joe button going back and forth on twitter just about the fact that you know the quality of the album itself i know he was able to like clap back at joe budden so to speak but those are the types of things that we know mentally for him have been weighing him down and that's what scares me about him going forward this should be the first step in him actually taking his career to where it should be mm-hmm. and yeah and and we're this is there i'm bracing myself for a very real possibility that this is the only JLAC body of work that we get. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really am. I don't, I don't necessarily. I, if you had to tell me to predict next what he does, I, I don't know. But let's talk about, let's talk about not prediction of what he will do next. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just, let's just kind of enter the, the mind state. What should he do next? Should he try to come right back with another body of work like within the next year? Should he take some time away? Or should he just not come back? What should he do? Well, I'm I'm never gonna tell an artist he should not come back unless you know it's yeah, like I agree. Unless it's a Harvard dropout little pump scenario. <laughs> so for me, I think he definitely should come back. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily want him to come back right away because I don't want. I think that this moment is something that he should just kind of let settle. If he were to come, I don't even know if he should necessarily release an album this year. If he did, maybe later in the year. Mm-hmm. I think he should take some time, gather himself, gather what worked on this album, what didn't work on this album, what worked in the past, what didn't work in the past. Because let's be realistic, it took like we talked, like I talked about before, it took Kendrick and J Cole years to build up that point where they're now able to do something that's so off the mainstream, so mm-hmm. individual, and people are still going to give them that clout and that level of okay, we trust you. Kendrick could drop a rock album tomorrow. And even if you don't like rock music, you're going to listen to it because it's Kendrick Lamar. Jay Electronica has not built up enough of that yet to get enough of those tokens and that clout point for us to just say, okay, whatever you want to do, if you want to drop, you know, an Australian indie folk album, okay, let's see how it sounds. So I think he needs to take some time and work on building up a next body of work that has singles, has, you know, cohesion. And something that we can come back and say, okay, this is the debut album. Yeah, and has just his identity. Yeah, like you, know? like you talked Absolutely. about before, he really he gets a lot into his spirituality in this album, but even not, but it's not personal. 
he talks a lot more mm-hmm. about like he references a lot. Even when we talked, we joked about you know the shout out Vince Staples. He's doing a lot of references to other people and talking about their story. Yeah, he sprinkles in some of his own stuff. But you know, like we said, the highlight, one of the highlights in the Ghost Soldier Slim is when he talks about his dating a Rothschild. That's mm-hmm. the type of stuff we want. We want to hear the personality. We want to hear. That's what made Exhibit C so good. When I was sleeping on the, you know, playing, sleeping on the bench, that type of stuff yeah. endeared us. We didn't have a lot of endearing moments in this album. And now it's time mm-hmm. for him to really go through, look back at these past 10 years by himself and drop that album. I would like to see almost like um, J. Cole did where he only features he had were R&B features. Yeah. Have people come in and do your choruses if you need help with that. But drop an album now with no features. Are just a very small small amount that fit that narrative. Mm-hmm. That's what absolutely. I would like to see. That to me would be a success. Yes, absolutely. Just make uh make make your next project be uh clearly your identity. Mm-hmm. That's what um that's what. <laughs> sorry, I just received a funny text as I was uh as I was uh saying that. But yeah. Essentially, you can't you you can't just have this be your body of work because it's something it's something that's not really identifiable with you. Uh, he needs that he needs that one that we look at. This is who Jaylek is. This is everything that he's about. And while we know what his interests and passions are, we don't know much about him, the person. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Uh, we we didn't get any any personal stories on here no no type of story uh told whatsoever on here at least from a personal perspective so i think he should not come right back but come back soon i don't think that jaylek because if you look at like the big artists the big artists like like outside of drake because drake is uh relatively drops every year yeah 2019 was like the only year he didn't drop in like the whole decade or something like that mm-hmm. or one of but Kendrick, Cole, you look at those artists, the album artists, the the elite high tier, even Big Sean, they take years to craft their body yeah. of work. And I don't think JLX should take that long, but I do think he should um but I I I would like to see within before 2022, I think yeah. I would like to I I think JLX should have something i i I agree very end of the year or even just the very end of 2021 just something Mm -hmm. just give me and and it doesn't have to be a long album it doesn't have to be 16 18 songs no it can be 10 it can be 12 that's like the sweet range nowadays for Mm -hmm. for a perfect body of work as far as uh as far as hip-hop goes i mean i i would i would feel a little cheap cheapened at like seven or eight right i would but yeah give me 10 to 12 records even if you have to do like an interlude or a skit or two, mm-hmm. just give me 10 to 12 records visually so I can see 10 to 12 <laughs> records and, you know, and, and give me, and give me some personal JLX stuff. Give me some stories about, about your, your upbringing stories about, I mean, how you were, you broke up one of, like you said, the most powerful marriages <laughs> in the world. Like that is something that literally it is something that's, that that you can argue is consequential and impactful on the world, like yeah, if you, if you know, because of because of their popularity. Yeah, if he had a song, just K.R. Kate Rothschild, just initials yeah. K.R. Best believe that song would be like featured on TMZ level of yep. interesting. We it would just, have the star on Apple Music. Yeah, yeah. all of that. And I all agree with that. you. I think that we can't. You haven't built up enough 
to tr- uh, enough trust for us to say, yeah, take three years on your next project. We'll wait. You need to strike. You don't need to strike right now. Take some time. But I think you're t- perfectly right. Somewhere in that 14 range of months or so, wait a little while, maybe fall of 2021. That's when you should come out with something. Make it impactful. This is, and I, he has the talent. He has the talent to release a, you know, mm-hmm. it was written, a reasonable doubt. Yeah. A good kid, Mad City. The talent is there. He just needs to want to do that, and that just needs to be his desire. Absolutely. Let's let's close with this, because mm-hmm. this is a question that I think now is fair to have, because for years, Jay Leck was when when you look at the tiers of hip hop, there's been the last decade was very clear. It was it was Drake, Cole, Kendrick, tier one, mm-hmm. and then you had, and then you had like. Kanye kind of like one B because he was still relatively active that right. whole decade. Um, Jay Z got active as well, so you can kind of like Jay Z Kanye, mm-hmm. but but let's not let's not include the OGs. Right, you're, talking, yeah, the, you're talking about like the modern, like you had your, yeah the modern contemporary artists, Kendrick, even though Drake's and J Cole's, yeah. and then the next level down you had your Big Sean's. Yeah, you had your Big Sean's. You had Chance, who was who was pro, who was propelled to that tier somehow. Yeah, and then you had. Um, and then you had, you know, maybe artists like Schoolboy Q, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes down and down. But Jay Leck was in this weird, like, he was like, he was almost like default, defaulted in the B tier that whole decade yeah. without dropping because he was always looked at as like, if this guy does drop, he's going to be an A tier. Yeah. And now he's dropped and it wasn't something that can catapult him to A tier, uh, clearly. So. Is he still is he still in that B tier with like the big Sean's of the world, or is he lower with the um with like maybe the I, I don't know I'm just kind of spitballing names here like the Ab Souls the Joey Badasses like where is he because he has the talent to be B to A tier mm-hmm. absolutely but for you to not for for you to go a whole decade drop one thing and and the one thing you drop receives very very mixed reviews. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm struggling. Like, where does where does he fit on the on the pyramid on the hierarchy of 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 hip hop? Right so now? I think that one, and I I know it's still this is old too. But one thing that kind of sticks out when we talk about that class, because you're really looking at a nice good cross section of the 2010s rappers. We're gonna talk about the new school. We're gonna talk about the old guys. And one of the best rankings to me was again control. Kendrick Lamar name dropped Jay Electronica, Big Crit, mm-hmm. Pusha T, Wale, Mac Miller, um, Big Sean, obviously, Drake, ASAP Rocky, J. Cole. Meek. Yeah, Meek. Yeah. So when you look at what all those artists that he name dropped have done, Big Crit and Jay Electronica right now have to be on the lowest end of that totem pole. Big Crit, who still drops great music, but is not really relevant in terms of the hip-hop landscape yeah meek mill at the time was seen as one of the lower names he dropped catapulted mm-hmm. mac miller catapulted absolutely yeah asap rocky kind of leveled off but still i mean mm-hmm. you could see just but high yeah but leveled off high he's still at least yeah. he's still probably in that b tier because you people don't care about if you're jailed in sweden unless you are a big name absolutely 
Absolutely. Um, and then Wale. Wale is one that would be kind of controversial. People have him high. People have him low. I think he's um, uh, definitely in that C tier because he released an album yeah. and a lot of pe- and he still gets radio play. That song with Bryson Tiller is still on the radio. It's just mm-hmm. that while the Wale we thought we were going to get ended up being a different Wale than what we got. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're saying J-Luck is probably in that C tier then, right? Yeah, that's that. Or, or, that's or C. I think he's like. I think this moves him up to C tier just because if nothing else, not any of those other artists can necessarily say outside of maybe Kendrick and J. Cole that they could at any moment call up Jay-Z to come bail him yeah. out. And and that they garnered that much attention. Yeah. Too. Like that's a big thing. Like J Elect did I know the numbers don't support it because of the, the first week sales, but like J Elect really did for years garner a lot of attention. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't know. It's just it's very interesting to look at where, where J-Lec ranks because, you know, he, he, he just he has this. Uh, it's a story that it's really a story that hip hop doesn't really see that often. No. You know, um, so it's very, it's very, very interesting. It's almost like where, um, where he'll go next. Yeah, it's almost like Shine. What would have happened if Shine hadn't gone to jail? Would he have taken over the mantle of um, Biggie for Puff? We really don't know. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. never, it's the kind of one of the greatest what ifs. I think J Electronica, yeah. honestly, if I had to give a if you gun to my head and honest answer your question, I would probably just get if grade him incomplete. We don't know yeah. yet until he releases a solo body of work, which I think we both can agree this is not that. Mm-hmm. We it's, he's still in that incomplete range. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Incomplete is a fair. An accurate assessment, my friend. <laughs> and uh, listen, man, this is a good discussion. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Hey, thank uh, you for having me. This has been a blast. Yeah, man, absolutely. And this is not going to be the last time either. You mark my words on that. Because um, we will definitely we'll definitely be having some more interesting discussions on this podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation about the JLEC, a written testimony album review. Uh, once again, Bryce, thank you for everything that you, um, thank you for all the perspective that you brought to this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, tell all the listeners where they can find you at on the socials if you'd like. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can just reach out for me. I'm Risk529 at uh, on Instagram and The Incredible Bam on Twitter. Or if you're in the Detroit area, when the quarantine is finally lifted, maybe one day, uh, you can find me on uh, on Tuesdays doing offbeat karaoke just around the town and uh, hopefully back on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you would definitely be back on this podcast, my friend. What do you uh what do you what do you what are your plans for this quarantine time? Are you are you binging shows? What have you been doing to pass the time? Uh doing a lot of binging, a lot of music listening. Uh trying to yep. I last night the official release came of the uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover album. So I'm trying about to listen to that and see if there are any nuanced changes into it. Me too. Me too. And then, um, outside of that, probably just continue to video game and actually, you know, try to get some good TV show binges in. What about you? Yeah. Man, same. Uh, I don't really, I don't really binge too many TV shows. I watch like Rick and Morty and um Atlanta but Atlanta's never on <laughs> uh, and uh I watched Arrow for quite some time but that just ended um 
so that was so so that's like one of my mm-hmm. yeah and that was those are like the four show four current shows that i keep up on so <laughs> i'm not much of a tv guy i watch some stand-up comedy so i'll binge that mm-hmm. i watched pete davidson's recently i saw his too yeah it was okay it was, it was just it okay. Was okay yeah it wasn't anything to ride home about but it was but it was it was pretty it was pretty decently funny but um yeah so catch up on some some of that um some stand-up comedy and uh like you said man the main thing for me is listening to music and just to podcast in general and just kind of staying in the loop and working on content got another bracket coming out um yeah i won't announce it i'll let that i'll let the surprise i won't announce what the with who the artist is but if you're reading the tea leaves it, it shouldn't be that hard to figure I was gonna out say, i think most people should be able to get gather it but i won't spoil it no spoilers. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Otherwise, this would have been your last time on the pod. No. <laughs> no, seriously. All jokes aside, man. Thank you, Bryce, for coming on. I appreciate you, man. And I'll uh, and I'll definitely be having you back. Awesome, man. It's been a pleasure. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. And hey, keep bumping good music. Absolutely. <laughs>